Nicholas and welcome to the story of cooking. Today we're in Harlem, New York, one of the best places in Manhattan for culinary, entertainment, you name it. Everyone thinks of Harlem as being all about soul food, jazz clubs, but actually it has a lot of history. Harlem was originally founded by Indians and it wasn't until 1639 when the, obviously the Dutch moved in and settled here they started building up communities. In 1800s it was mostly agricultural and it wasn't until 1830 when the New York and Harlem Railroad moved in that you really started seeing glimpses of what Harlem is today. Along with the Harlem Railroad, Jewish immigrants started moving in to work in the industry. In 1870, it again became even more diverse landscape of people when the German and Irish immigrants moved in and added their touch to the, to the area. In the late 1800s, Italian immigrants started moving into the area and what a lot of people don't know is Harlem has a very small pocket of Italian, um, Italian neighborhood that still exists today. And there are some really great over century old eateries that still, still thrive there. There's Patsy's Pizzeria and then Rayo's, which you may know because they have a bustling commercial business that you can buy pasta and pasta sauces in your grocery store. Also another interesting fact about the Italian immigrants, it, Harlem was the founding place of the Genovese crime family in 1898, around-ish. So I always think that's kind of a cool part of the um, New York City landscape. So we can't talk about Harlem without talking about the African-American population. In the early 1900s, African-Americans started moving into Harlem, and this was in part due to the Great Migration, which had to do with the Jim Crow laws in the South. The African-American population was trying to escape that oppression. So they would move to this area because there was a lot of industry, partially due to the fact that World War I had just gone on and industry cropped around that. And they were really looking for a new way of life and a new start here in Harlem. We really can't talk about Harlem also without mentioning the Harlem Renaissance, which took place predominantly in the 1920s and 1930s. Everybody thinks of the Harlem Renaissance and they think of jazz clubs, artists, literature, academia, you name it. But it also was a tremendously fabulous movement for equality through the vibrant art scene. And also in Harlem during that time there was a lot of civil rights movements going on with Marcus Garvey and DeBoe. So that's, that's all happening here in Harlem. So walk with me and let's take a little breath of Harlem history. Hi and welcome to the story of cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas. So coming off the subway at 125th Street, we're located here on Malcolm X Boulevard, which is the home of the former Lenox Lounge. We're very close to the Apollo, which everyone knows, and also the Cotton Club, which is just a few blocks over. And also in back of me is the home of Sylvia's and a bunch of great places to have Harlem soul food at its finest. The Lenox Lounge is actually, it's no longer here, but it was actually founded in 1939 and it was a favorite spot for people like Malcolm X, uh, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, 
um, you name it. And also, the Cotton Club is probably where some of the most famous jazz and blues musicians got their start. People like Duke Ellington and Cab Calloway. soul food is starting in the south but it actually started in the bigger cities specifically New York and Chicago and most importantly here in Harlem. We're located here outside of Sylvia's which is perhaps one of the greatest soul food destinations you can find in the United States. African Americans coming from the south were faced with obstacles and limited resources that they made into culinary masterpieces that we now know as soul food and fittingly we're outside of Sylvia's which is probably one of the greatest soul food destinations in America. So with these obstacles, sometimes they had to take lower wage jobs, which oftentimes led to government assistance, which was actually a blessing in disguise. And again, they made lemon into lemonade because they used their government cheese, as they called it, their powdered milk and their potatoes to make recipes that we now know as soul food. So let's head back to the kitchen. We're going to make some of my versions of classic soul food recipes. We're going to have bacon grits with creamed collards, sweet potato and peach clafuti and okra and Brussels sprout salad. So we're back at the kitchen after a fantastic tour of Harlem where we learned a little bit about history, music, and the culture, and obviously the soul food. So now we are going to recreate some classic Harlem soul food recipes in my own edition of them that are a little southern fad because I am from the south of Virginia as you know. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to make grits and grits actually can't be attributed to Harlem or soul food for that matter. It actually is a Native American ingredient. Um, for those of you who don't know, grits is just ground corn, maize, um, that the Native Americans would use a lot and it also is referred to as um, hominy and it can be yellow or white depending on what kind of corn you're grinding um, and different variations of it um, throughout different um, cultures in Italy they would it's similar to like a polenta or anything like that it's very versatile it's one of those things that you can dress up with a lot of different things like bacon and cheese that we're going to do today or you can just eat it very simply cook it with a little water and butter and salt and pepper and eat it for breakfast Growing up in Virginia, we ate a lot of grits, and there's certainly a lot of um, grits in the whole soul food Harlem era um, of history. So the first thing we're going to do, we're going to start on our grits, and to do that, we're going to take water. I think that pan was hot enough. And a little cream because this is soul food after all and soul food is really food that what enriches the soul right and what enriches the soul better than fat stick to your ribs good for you you want to curl up and just eat it and watch a movie and not do anything so that's kind of what we're going for here so we're going to of course add some cream and what we're looking for is we're just going to bring this water and um, cream mixture up to a boil and once that boils we'll add our grits slowly in this other pan, we're going to go ahead and start on our bacon. I like to put bacon in a lot of things. As I said earlier, it's one of my favorite things to use. Um, 
in any dish. Adds that salt and that smokiness, which is so delicious, and it goes great with grits. Permeates the whole dish because grits, um, on their own, are just kind of a neutral, kind of nothing flavor. So just do a few slices of that. Grits are also one of those things that are all of a sudden becoming really, really popular. All right, so we just want to make sure that these move around a little. We're looking to, for them to be cooked, crispy. They're already cooked, they're smoked, but looking for them to get crispy, just like you would eat bacon normally. And our mixture of water and cream has come to a boil, so we're gonna slowly add the grits. And you wanna keep whisking, because grits, just like polenta or other types of porridge, they tend to clump. So you just wanna slowly whisk your grits in. Make sure there's no clumping. And it looks like it's going to be definitely soupy right now, but trust me, those grits will soak up the moisture. And oftentimes I find that I actually have to add a little more moisture at the end, so guess what I do? I melt more fat, add more fat, add butter, makes everything better. All right, so you just kind of keep whisking. You want to turn it down. I just turned it up. Turn it down a little bit. See how they're kind of smooth? That wouldn't have happened if I had just dumped them in. They're already cooking pretty well. And actually, I think they need a little more moisture. So guess what? We're gonna add a little more cream. You can add milk if you're going low fat. Or you can just use water, it's fine too. But if you're using bacon, why would you use water? I mean, you're already, the jig's up. It's already kind of a bad for your dish. All right, so the bacon's cooking up nicely. Again, you just want that kind of crispy. And once it crisps up, we're actually gonna take that bacon out and use that bacon fat to cook some of the other ingredients that are gonna go in our collard greens. So collard greens, again, they're definitely a Harlem soul food kind of dish. And you will find them in a lot of restaurants in Harlem. Um, not just breakfast places, they're kind of a dinner dish too because you can dress them up again with proteins and that kind of thing. Um, Two-thirds of grits in the United States are actually sold in the South, so that means there's a lot of grits being sold in the North as well. Alright, it's looking pretty good. I'm going to grab a plate and take the bacon out. I want all of that in there. All right, so we're gonna leave the bacon fat in there and then we're gonna take onions and add it in and we're gonna cook these until they're softened and a little smoky from the bacon, right? Let's check on these grits. See, they're already soaking up all that moisture and it looks like we need a little more water. All right, so that's perfect. So they don't take too long to cook. And the onions are getting there. I actually surprisingly needed a little more fat in the pan, believe it or not. But that'll work. While we start our collards, I'm just going to transfer these onions to this dish because we're going to incorporate all of that later. And since all of this is going to go together in the end, we'll just use this dish over again to do our collards as well. We're going to do creamed collards. 
And collards, again, are definitely something that you would find in Seoul food recipes. They're definitely a warm, homey kind of dish, especially to someone like me who ate collards probably once a week. So we're gonna cook the collard greens. Again, collard greens in the South are totally synonymous. You can't go anywhere in a good Southern household and not be served collard greens, especially on a Sunday night. My nanny always had collard greens stirring for hours and hours and hours on the stove. So it's a very nostalgic food for me, and it's certainly something that would be found in Harlem era soul food. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to add a little oil to the pan. And we're going to add our onions. And we're going to saute those a little bit, because I like more onion flavor. So let's just go ahead and add those to the pan. Why not? We'll let them hang out with the onions for a second. Stir them around. Looks pretty too, huh? Let's take a little more oil and put it in the pan. It's kind of sticking a little bit. We don't want that. Make sure our heat's turned up. All right, and these will wilt very quickly. They're not as quick as like spinach when you throw them in a pan, but as soon as they hit moisture, they're gonna kind of wilt. And that's what you want. Add a little salt and pepper. If you want to, you can add some garlic as well. If I was doing this over again, I probably would because I add garlic to everything. And I think it's just delicious. So this looks about ready for the cream. We're gonna pour two cups of cream in there. And all we're doing now is waiting for the cream to thicken a little bit and the collard greens to cook down a little bit more. All right, so let's add our stuff to our grits. It's already, it seems like it's hot enough to melt the butter, so we're just gonna leave it as is. Just stir it in, adding that extra layer of richness which is so good in soul food, right? And it's winter time after all, so you need stuff that sticks to your ribs. We're gonna add the Gouda, as much or as little as you like. I like a lot of cheese. Stir that in, you just want it all to melt, that's it. Not looking to cook anymore, just melt the cheese. And then you can either top it or you can throw the green onions in. I'm just gonna throw them in. And we cannot forget the best part of the grits. Almost snuck away from me there. We have the onions and the bacon. Of course, we need those mixed in as well. Just stir them in. Oh, so good. All right, so there you have it, folks. We have our delicious creamy collards that are gonna go on top of this delicious smoky grits. So when we come back, we're gonna enjoy a delicious soul food meal that Harlan would be proud of. Solio Family Oils are all natural with no chemical additives made from seeds that are 100% non-GMO. Solio Family utilizes an expeller press process rather than a chemical process to extract the oil from the seed. First canola oil introduced to the southeast that has been grown by local farmers in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, and Kentucky. It is 100% free of any contaminations with no GMOs. There is a growing demand by consumers for both local and non-GMO products. 
Solio utilizes an expeller press process rather than a chemical process to extract the oil from the seed. There are no chemical additives and the shelf life is one year. You can choose from a variety of different flavors. Sunflower oil, extra virgin, canola oil. All of them can be good for cooking with high temperatures, frying, or just drizzling over a salad as a cold pressed oil. So the next time you're looking for a quality oil without the GMOs or no preservatives, check out SolioFamily.com for more information about this incredible oil product. Alright, so we're going to plate up these grits very simply. We're going to do a party size portion. I'm not going to eat all these, but so just so you can see all of the different stuff we got going in here. We've got the bacon, we've got the cheese, we've got the green onions. Take the cream collards and just add it to the center. Makes a pretty presentation. And then when you serve it to your guests, or if you're eating a huge plate by yourself like I am, you just kind of scoop it Get the grits, get the collard greens, get everything on the fork, and eat it all as one. Delicious soul food bite. My favorite thing about this dish, believe it or not, is not the pork. It's the creamed collards. They are so good. Mm, this pregnant lady could eat that whole plate. So good, so rich. So I'm gonna actually save this for later to be a part of our soul food feast at the end. The next thing I'm going to cook is an okra and bacon Brussels sprout salad. And then we're gonna finish it off with a sweet potato and peach clafouti. All right, so we're gonna start on our okra, Brussels sprout, and bacon salad. Very simple, quick dish, but so delicious. The first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna add just a little oil to our pan and our bacon. All right, and the reason I added oil in there as well is because we're actually gonna be making kind of a dressing out of this, so you need that little extra moisture and fat. Just cooking the bacon up again till it's crispy. All right, we're gonna add the okra in. And we're just sauteing that too. And I like to add croutons as well. And we actually already have these cubed for you, but we just took a, a loaf of bread and we cut it into cubes. We added a little olive oil and just toasted them briefly in the oven. And definitely want to add those at the end because you don't want them to soak up all that moisture. You want them to be crispy as well. The last thing I'm going to add, since this is almost done, is I like to add a little white wine. Also gets those nice bacon bits off the bottom. And if you're pregnant like me, yes, let it cook for a minute. It doesn't have to be an alcoholic dish, but you can still get that flavor of the wine in there. And it creates kind of that dressing for the um, okra. All right. Okay, so this has been cooking for a few minutes. We're going to take it off the heat. And we're going to put in our fresh shaved Brussels sprouts and just mix it all together. Can really smell that wine and the bacon. Doesn't seem like a classic pairing, and it's not. That's why it doesn't seem classic, but it's so good together. 
All right, and then the last thing we're gonna do is we're going to toss in the croutons. And this is just a perfect side dish. It's a little lighter than what you would expect from um, Soul Foods, but again, it has got, it's got that bacon still, but it's still just a nice, refreshing salad to go maybe on the side of your stick-to-your-ribs grits. All right, we're gonna give this dish a taste to make sure the seasoning's good. It's good. It needs a little more salt, believe it or not. I'm gonna get all that bacon, the Brussels sprouts, the onions, and the sourdough croutons. It's delicious, it's refreshing. All right, we're gonna clean this area up, and when we come back, we're gonna make my version of a soul food dessert, which is a sweet potato clafouti. So we have everything ready to make our sweet potato and peach clafouti. It's not a traditional Harlem soul food dish, however, it has ingredients that you would find in other Harlem soul food cooking. I've definitely had plenty of desserts in Harlem that use sweet potatoes and peaches and cobblers and pies and bread puddings, which is also something that we think of as soul food and comforting. This actually, clafouti, is kind of like a flan textured custard, and it's a French dish, and it's traditionally made with cherries. Um, but today, again, we're going to add those soul food ingredients. Since we're talking all about Harlem and soul food and how delicious that is, we're going to add the sweet potatoes to the mixture, and then we're going to decorate it beautifully with some peaches. Another dish that is so easy, all you're going to do is throw everything into a mixing bowl. And you can use a stand mixer if you want to make it easy on yourself, but I need a little workout, so we're going to use a, a whisk. Um, I just put in there cinnamon and nutmeg. We're gonna add some baking powder, and a little salt, and some sugar. Another thing that I didn't add, but sometimes I like to add too, because it kind of just adds to that Harlem soul food kind of profile, is I kind of like to add a little bit of um, cayenne pepper. All right, so those are all our dry ingredients. Just make sure they're all blended in there well together. And then we're gonna add our eggs. We have three eggs. And kind of just beat that together. When you first put the eggs in, they kind of look really, really dark orange. You kind of want to beat it to the point where the yellow um, in the eggs begins to look a little softer and paler. And again, you don't have to do it the hard way like I am, but either way works. All right, and then the next thing we're gonna add is our sweet potatoes. You can get canned um, sweet potato puree. You can do this with pumpkin if you wanted to as well. Um, or you can just get a sweet potato, boil it, and then puree it yourself. And just mix that in, keep mixing, mixing, mixing. So simple. Make sure there's not any lumps because we want this to be a smooth custard-like dessert. And then the last ingredient is some heavy cream. Pour that in. And if there's a few lumps, that's okay. Especially if you're not getting the canned puree. Totally fine. You just want it to be as smooth as you can get it. All right, folks, that's it. What I'm gonna do now is I'm going to butter a um, pie dish, baking dish, whatever you wanna use. And I'm gonna pour the mixture right in. Okay, we're gonna decorate the top with um, the peaches, make a nice pretty display. You can even add a little powdered sugar on there if you like. I'm gonna pop it into the oven, 350 degrees for about 15 to 20 minutes, depending on your oven. You'll know when it's done, when it, you shake it and it doesn't move, it's done. 
We're going to get this cleaned up and I'll be back. The sweet potato and peach clafouti is out of the oven and it looks beautiful. It makes a wonderful presentation. We're going to give it a taste. You can be nice and cut little uh, pie pieces out, but I just like to scoop it out. And again, you can see that it's kind of the texture of a custard. This would be a really good dish for Thanksgiving or that kind of thing, but also it's definitely Harlem inspired because it's got the sweet potato and the peaches and everything that you think of soul food and dessert. It's not overly sweet. It's actually almost a kind of savory dessert, but with the peaches, especially if they're in season, that will add to the sweetness. It's so good. Take one more bite. Mm -mm. So good. Thank you for joining me today on this episode. We walked the streets of Harlem. We learned a little bit about the Harlem Renaissance, and the jazz era, and a lot about soul food. And we came back here to the kitchen and we made three Harlem inspired dishes. We made Sarah's signature bacon grits with creamed collards. We had a delicious okra salad, of course, with bacon again. And then we topped it all off with the sweet potato and peach clafouti. Can't get better than that. Thank you for joining me today on the story of cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas, and just remember, behind every story, there's a great recipe.